Tommy, if you could do me a favor, you know, if you ain't that busy, if you could throw it down a couple blessings, you know, like one that I don't mess up being a manager. Uh, we're just three cats and never played a single snap. Here to tell you how to draft when the ship and run it back. The stats ain't tell the story, this is the story of the stats. You can stick it to your friends, what's more glorious than that? We're victorious in rap, bringing wrath to our rivals. We're here to shun the stats, laugh, and lead you all the titles. Stick to the path and follow us disciples. The only sin is math, and all you need is the Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. It's the Fantasy Bible, and I'm your host, Nate Biner, and here with me today, as always, is our friend Dane. Dane, how are you doing? Doing great on this fantastic Thursday evening. Excited to join you, Nathan, and our plethora of listeners. Uh, it's good to be back. Still getting into the swing of things, but I think our last episode went pretty smoothly. Hope this one is even better. Yeah, last episode was a good one. This is going to be a fun one as well. For you today, we're going to be talking about my sort of top five wide receivers in the upcoming NFL draft um, from a uh, mostly from a dynasty perspective. But we'll uh, we'll throw in some redraft stuff in there as well, because um, obviously there's one player spoiler alert that is going to be way more relevant from a dynasty standpoint than a redraft standpoint due to some uh, late season injuries that he sustained. So we'll get into that a little mm-hmm. bit later. Um, but yeah, so basically, uh, well, I'll talk a little bit more about how that's going to work uh, up in a little bit. Um, we don't really have any news to get to. The NFL Combine is coming up, so that's kind of the biggest sort of exciting thing. It's, it's kind of a de- real dead zone right now. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, we're in between the offseason and the Combine. The Combine will give us something to talk to for a couple, talk about for a couple weeks. And then we're in another rut as we lead up into the NFL draft. Late uh, April. Free agency. We should have some like big free agency signings. Uh, like, hopefully, we're going to have some really relevant stuff to talk about. Like, Chris Godwin will be on a new team, maybe, you know, assumedly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, other uh, Mike Williams, you know, some of these big name free agents i think march 16th or feb yeah march 16th i believe is when nfl free agency starts so um mm-hmm. sometimes deals get agreed to beforehand um but yeah so we should by march 16th have some really exciting fantasy stuff to talk about but in the meantime we're gonna get into some draft prep which is to me just as exciting oh yeah yeah the draft process in the nfl is is always a fun time. If you haven't followed it before, hopefully you're along for the ride with us this year. Um, our, uh, our number one fan, Alex B actually, I realized is going to be at the NFL draft live on day one. So maybe we can get oh, some, he's uh, just going to be in Vegas. It's in Vegas, right? Yeah. He's going going on a vacation in Vegas and the people he's going with thought it'd be fun to join the draft party. Um, so maybe I can get like a FaceTime something happening. I don't know. I haven't really yeah. addressed that, but maybe See, we, we can, can FaceTime us during the 15th, 16th, 19th, and the whatever the picks. Pats pick. That's <laughs> <laughs> the, I think like the 18th break or something like that somewhere. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so uh, that, maybe that'll happen. Yeah. That, that, uh, Exclusive coverage correspondent, a fantasy Bible correspondent. Would you look at that? We're just like the the <laughs> Daily Show or like uh, NFL Network. We're like we're like the Daily Show and the NFL Network combined. All right, Dan. Before we uh, get into these uh, wide receivers, why don't you tell the good people where they can find us on social media? And it looks like we have a uh, the return of mystery questions are back mm. into the fold here. So why don't you get into that as well? 
All right. You can find us at Fantasy Bible Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and thefantasybible.com. Hope to have some, some off-season articles going up there as we have a lot more time uh, with our normal podcast workload. We can hopefully get some, some creative, fun stuff up there. We'll uh, let you know when we do. Thanks for all the attention you give us. Thanks for the follows. Thanks for the likes, all that. You know, We love you. And into the mystery question. All right. So... You know, don't hate me, but I thought it was a pretty fun, fun concept. Uh, so there's a lot of talk about a certain quarterback who is always in the news seemingly, and he loves the attention. And I feel like it's kind of letting, playing into his hand to give him more attention, but I think it's fun. So Aaron Rodgers, right? Um, I'm sure you've caught wind of uh, rumored quarrels with, you know, his wonderful Shailene Woodley or, or whatever her name is. Um I didn't know of quarrels. I knew he, I knew about like the ayahuasca trip and the, uh, that stuff. Oh, and then I heard that, uh, Shailene Woodley wanted to have an open relationship and, uh, yeah, there's like rumors that there's turmoil in their relationship. So my question to you, Nathan, is will you be using this as an opportunity to slide into his DMS as the, the young folk would say, is this, is this your time to connect with the MVP of the NFL, Aaron Rodgers? What, like in a like a negative way, like to make like, him to make in like a way. to kind of make him sort of doubt himself even even further sure. and like push him towards retirement. Sure, if you're willing to you know give your body and mind up to sow the seeds of doubt in Aaron Rodgers' life, is that worth it to you? Like, what, what is your play here? Like, do you have a play? Do you have? I, I know you're scheming something, probably, right? So here's my thing: is, <laughs> is people that DM athletes are uh, some of the biggest losers. Okay. On, on the planet. So I like, you know, if I couldn't be, and, and believe me, I've almost been there. Like it's hard not to DM Jalen Rager on, on an almost <laughs> weekly basis and just be like, Hey man, just call it quits. It's just, just be, just call it quits. It'd be better for everyone if you call it quits. So the fact that I can, uh, you know, resist that urge, I think gives me easily the strength to uh, ignore Aaron Rodgers, which is becoming easier and easier nowadays because, uh, you know, he's he's kind of like the boy that cried wolf, except that like he's just like the boy that cried pay attention to me. And as it just repeats and repeats and repeats, it becomes easier and easier to be like, all right, just, uh, you know, I saw I can't remember if it was a Reddit comment or a tweet, but it was just like World War Three is about to start. And Rodgers is jealous that he doesn't have the limelight. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, uh, I can only hope that, you know. A few more ayahuasca trips convinces him that it's not worth putting his body on the line to continue in the league. And we can just sort of move on uh, from Aaron Rodgers and he can kind of go into whatever kind of desperate media personality phase uh, he wants to replace his parents' love with. All right. Well said. I'll accept that as a solid answer to the mystery question. Our first one of season two of the Fantasy Bible. All right. So, Dane, uh, we're going to talk about these wide receivers, but we wouldn't. We would be remiss to do this if we didn't make it needlessly complicated. So here's <laughs> I love complicating things that don't need to be complicated. Here, here's the games <laughs> that we're going to build into this. All right. So here, I'm going to give you scouting reports of my top five wide receivers in random order, not in the order that I have them ranked, just kind of in a random order. Feel free to ask questions if you have any. As I'm going through that, you know, we can discuss as I'm going through these uh, scouting reports. After that, Based on what I told you, I want you to give me your ranking based on the report. So we can kind of get your objective take on like what's solely on the paper, you know? Okay. And then 
we'll compare what, then I'll reveal my ranking and we compare how they lined up. Like, do my scouting reports align with my ranking? How did you perceive them? That'll just be kind of an interesting exercise. And then maybe if you want extra credit, you can watch, you know, watch some highlights, watch a little tape of these guys and see if your ranking based on the paper traits holds true to what you see on the film. And then we can update our good people on that next week. I thought that would be a good way to make this kind of a continuing segment as we do this through uh, different offensive positions uh, throughout the season. Uh, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's a good, a good idea because you're, you know, full disclosure for the listener, you are putting a lot more time into scouting these rookies than I, and I have admitted that to you. And we decided it would be a decent way to introduce the more uneducated listener, like I myself am in this aspect of the NFL draft process. Uh, it's a good way to bridge the gap between someone like you who is putting more time and study into that field. And it's a good way for you to communicate what you're seeing to somebody who, you know, might not have paid as much attention and that hopefully develops organically throughout a conversation. Absolutely. And full disclosure, you know, we're, we're both fantasy players. We're, uh, you know, we didn't, haven't played a lot of football in our lives. So this is the, it's a combination of like, you know, what do we watch? What have we seen over years of watching football? But also I, I've relied on a lot of outside sources and outside opinions that I trust to kind of compile these reports here. Um, and then also uh, part two of this little game here is we're going to play a little guess the comp in which I'm going to give you five fresh pro comps for the five players we covered and you'll mm. do your best to match the player to the comp. And that's how we'll, we'll end this little segment. Okay. I hope I don't <laughs> let everyone down in that part of the show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you ready to get into Mr. Traylon Burks? Do you, have you heard the name Traylon Burks yet? I have heard the name. Okay, so Traylon Burks, measurements 6'3", 225. Uh, he had 66 receptions for 1,100 yards and 11 touchdowns this season. He also had 14 carries for 112 yards and a rushing touchdown. So this is your – what's nice about the wide receivers in this class, or at least what's interesting, is they are all very much a different flavor of wide receiver. It's like last year there were some clear tiers where it was – uh, you know, Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts were your top tier receivers. And then the tier two was Waddle or Smith and was like, what's your flavor? And then it was like everyone else after that. Whereas this is like these five guys I'm going to talk about, at least four of them, anyone could have them in any order depending on what kind of receiver they want. So Burks, you're bringing in that big body AJ Brown style wide receiver, that physical, not the most refined route runner in the world, but he's going to get open to size and strength. Uh, when I watched him, I noticed that he played a ton in the slot. Uh, the interesting fun fact, his hands are so big that they had to special order gloves for him because they don't make receiver gloves in the size <laughs> that his hands are. Um, his usage at Arkansas, where he played, I don't know if I mentioned that Arkansas wide receiver, Traylon Burks was not unlike Debo Samuel in the 49ers, you know, uh, slot backfield jet sweeps, get him the ball quick, make people tackle him. And the thing about Traylon Burks, he's this big body, 62-25. constantly you will see players take an angle on him and, and, screw up because he's so much faster than they expect him to be. He's not like a true burner or anything, but he's quick for his size. Um, he's not a finesse route runner. He uses size and speed to get ahead of people. I didn't see him get off press a lot. I didn't see him play a lot on the line of scrimmage, which is kind of one of the red flags, uh, you know, is that he was used in a lot of scripted touch situations. He wasn't like 
this big bodied X receiver. He is a big body, but he moves more like a, uh, well, like a Debo Samuel, more of a uh, running back almost type. Um, he also, uh, I think an underrated aspect of his game is probably contested catch ability. Um, I saw him miss a few of those, but I also saw him make some just beautiful Moss style going up to get it, high catch point catches, uh, especially in his game at Ole Miss. Um, where I was disappointed was that he isn't really a violent blocker, at least as violent as I thought. Not that it's like a huge deal, but when you're 6'3", 225, um, you kind of want to see someone wrecking people in the, in the blocking game. Um, let's see what else here. Uh, in terms of awareness, I think he's very football aware in terms of like, you know, he's not the biggest uh, separator in terms of route running, but he can find holes in the zone. There's a play I really liked against Texas A&M where he's running downfield and he puts his hand up to single he's open before he makes his break. And then he makes his break into the middle of the field. And it's not one of those, like lightning quick breaks. It's just, it's almost a banana break, but he knows the feel and when to break out of his route to get open. Um, and he stops dead in space to catch it in space as the defender is closing. Um, let's see. I saw him beat press once in the, in the three, uh, three or four snaps. I watched, I, I watched him take in, in the, uh, what should we call it? In the X position. So not a lot of beating press coverage, lots of end around sweeps, slot snaps, um, love his athletic potential. Um, the contested catchability, you never know how that's going to project. So really more of a, yeah, more of a, uh, Debo Samuel-esque receiver that is not really refined, kind of like AJ Brown also was coming out. Um, you know, so, uh, could have some downsides in that, uh, we can all name, the Doyle Green Beckhams of the past that have come out has been big and athletic and physical and not refined. Um, but I think uh, he has probably one of the highest ceilings and will be probably one of the first fantasy receivers off the board um, based on just his physical profile. Okay. Yeah. That sounds like an exciting player. We all saw what Debo Samuel did last year. Um, yeah. What struck out to me immediately when you said he had, I think 14 carries for 112 yards or something like that. Yeah. That's a guy who on offense should be scripting the ball. Like to me, that shouts, he's a weapon. And once we get the ball in his hands, you know, he's going to do a lot with it. And especially how you said his speed is deceiving for his size. That's another thing I think Debo Samuel has in his, uh, his repertoire. You know, that guy, he, he looks like a hybrid wide receiver running back. And that's exactly how we saw him use this year. And it paid off in dividends, you know, for the 49ers. It's probably a, probably the only reason they made it to a playoff run, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like, the, the other Debo thing that's really nice here is, you know, it's not like a, like either of us have been doing this for a while, but that almost gives us the perspective of like, I feel like five years ago, this guy would be a day three pick, but we've seen that usage, especially mm -hmm. last year with Debo. It's like, okay, we know that if he goes to a creative offense, there's going to be scripted touches for him. And based on athletic, athletic ability, he's going to have fantasy relevance. So that's Traylon Burks. Uh, any other thoughts as we move on to our, our next uh, profile here? Uh, nope. Big hands, good size, good speed. Got it. Yep. All right. Jameson Williams, uh, high, Alabama wide receiver, a little background uh, there. He was actually a, uh, at Ohio State for two years where he did next to nothing, was used as kind of a situational deep threat for the first two years. 
And then he transferred to Alabama once uh, Chris Olave declared that he was returning. So really full uh, wide receiver room at Ohio State. He transfers to Alabama, which it's not like there's a bunch of slouches over there, but immediately comes the wide receiver one in Alabama and has uh, only one year of production, but incredible production. Uh, he is 6'2", uh, 190 pounds, so uh, a thinner hmm. thinner yeah. receiver. Um Bigger than Devontae Smith, but think that kind of build uh, when you picture him. Um, he had 79 catches for 1,500 receiving yards and 15 touchdowns, and this is the uh, this is the sticking point here. 19.9 average uh, yards per yards per reception there. So that is uh, kind of absurd. That uh, I mean, yeah, that's insane. Yards, that's that's that, that's I mean, a that's, home run hitter. Yeah, that's yeah. like. That's like a Jamar Chase. I, w- I don't know his number, but I would bet that it is probably close to that. Like that's a, this guy's on the field. You can score on any play type guy. Yes. He is a true deep threat. Like uh, Deshaun Jackson level. This guy is, mm-hmm. is going to get open deep, incredibly fast, uh, really, really nice speed modulation too. He's not a one speed guy. He can get open and then turn on the jets after mm-hmm. he's, you know, found a soft spot in the zone. Um, I wrote that he reminded me of a faster, thicker, less refined Devonte Smith. Um, lots of film of him just running past guys on, on nine routes. Uh, but the start of those routes will show him making guys miss in the open field to get open. It's not just that straight edge speed, although he is much more of a vertical quick guy than a lateral Jalen Waddle-esque quick guy. Um, didn't have the cleanest or the stickiest hands. Um, only one year of real college production. I thought he had questionable play strength, but other times it looked like he was stronger than his size. Kind of similar to uh, Devontae Smith's film where other times you're like, wow, a guy this small is you know slipping through tackles and breaking through contact and other times it's like oh he barely got off of press uh, in the situations where he's playing as a, uh, in the x or playing on the line um falls forward stronger than he looks uh let's see um oh well this is the big thing acl tear in the i believe oh, in, uh, he's that sec championship game yes so he is that guy who oh, that's terrible um would have maybe been the first receiver drafted if not for the acl tear but acl tear that late in the season means he's going to miss the entire offseason and um anywhere from like four to six games so not concerned on the acl tear from a is it going to impact him athletically moving forward we're at a point you know medically where acl tears are not a big deal but uh well, they're a big deal, but you know what I mean? Recovery is not, it's not, yeah. a, it's not going to affect his speed, but it is from a fantasy perspective. This is the guy that I was talking about where, you know, in redraft, he's probably off your boards unless he's going to be really, he's going to be that last round flyer kind of guy. Let me see if I can hold him on my bench uh, until he's relevant or in dynasty, he will still be a, a high draft pick because uh, you know, once he's, I mean, it's only, you know, you know, it's just like the NFL. Um, so yeah, uh, let's see what else here. I already said that he was good at leveraging defenders by alternating his speed, uh, should play in the Z or slot in the NFL. Don't see him playing a lot in the X and winning at press. Um, I think like, you know, it's, it stinks that we're not going to get his combine uh, 40 because I think he would oh, be yeah, a four, yeah. two guy, which would obviously rocket him into the, probably the top 10 of picks, but there's always a chance that he's a four, four guy. And 
not that that means he's bad or anything, but it means he doesn't really have that elite, elite true burner speed. Um, but he does, it, the speed does show up on tape. Uh, he's explosive. Uh, he's a, he's a good route runner. He's not an elite route runner, but he's like, you know, far more refined than say Traylon Burks, who we, we were just talking about. Um, yeah, really the only negatives are that he's that one year wonder, the ACL tear, um, and that he's not the, he doesn't have the biggest frame, you know, for the NFL, but other than that, uh, you know, really, really strong prospect here. Okay. And Jamison Williams, the name one more time for Jamison Williams, Alabama wide receiver. Okay. Yeah. So I imagine he will go probably toward the back half of the first round based on that injury. Um, you know, that tends to shy some people away. Cause like you said, it's, you're, you're missing the full rookie off season and you're missing, you know, potentially half of the NFL season at worst. So yeah, that's something to consider for redraft. And I'm sure we'll touch on that later as well. When we go uh, through our rankings. Hey, a lot of this is going to, you know, rely on team fit as well. Like is a team that can afford to have Jameson Williams sit, you know, like the fit that people have been talking about for Jameson Williams is the chargers. And if he's on the chargers, I mm. mean, good, good point. Like yeah. a young, a young offense to where it's not detrimental to the organization that he misses potentially half a year of development. Yeah. But that when he's healthy, he gives Could that offense in a different explosive. element. That's going to, you know, like, that's what they, uh, they, did they bring Deshaun? No, they didn't bring Deshaun <laughs> Jackson and that was the Rams, but, um, mm. so, you know, similar, similar concept there. All right. Uh, any other thoughts on Jameson Williams? I uh, hope he gets better soon. Yep. Me too. Uh, really, really fun guy to watch on tape. Okay, Drake London, USC wide receiver, um, 6'4", 210. Um, so a big, bigger guy. Bigger yeah. guy, but note uh, 210 is uh, actually a little light for 6'4". For 6'4 six, four. Six, four is pretty tall, yeah. Yeah, you, you look at him and he's, uh, he's not small by any means, but he's not... Um, He's not Traylon Burks. He's not AJ Brown. He's not exactly the thickest guy, but he is, uh, you know, a big frame, uh, Drake London. So yeah, six four two ten, um, eighty eight receptions for a thousand yards and seven touchdowns, averaging twelve point three yards per reception. He did miss uh, what you might call it, uh, like three or four games of the season. So he was like on record setting paces for USC, uh, before he, I believe broke his foot. Uh, I can't remember what it is. It's not the kind of injury that's like, you know, gonna, gonna affect his draft status at all. He'll, he will be completely healthy by the time the next off season starts. Um, so yeah, that is Drake London's, uh, size speed measurements. He played as a true big, strong possession X receiver. He is a former basketball star and played on the USC basketball team for a bit. Um, not, the kind of guy that gets separation. So mm. for me, uh, I have been burned by the JJ Arthega white sides of years past these PAC 12 receivers that are contested catch mavens, but don't get separation in college. Um, do you mind if I interject and say the guy that is already coming to my mind, like word for word so far is Kenny Galladay. So yes. he's, uh, about the same frame. I, I was looking it up while you talked. He's 6'4", 213, eerily similar. And he's a guy that does not get separation and is known for his catch, uh, contested catch ability. So to me, I've already got in my mind what I've seen on the NFL field from Galladay. So 
So um, I don't have Galladay as my comp, but I was listening to a podcast where he was like the most likely out. They declared him the most likely oh, outcome essentially cool. for Drake London was Kenny Galladay. Yes. So um, excellent at contested catches. Um, big, tough guy, but not elusive in the open field, but he's like very tough. So he'll like fail to get separation on a lot of routes, which means he can be that possession guy where he just catches the ball and goes down. But when he does get the, get the ball in the open field somewhat, he can run through people. He, he does play strong, um, but he's a true move the chains X receiver. Uh, what I didn't like is drops. I saw him drop the ball a little more than you would like from this type of Alshon Jeffrey chain moving sort of receiver. One of his drops even led to a pick six in the Stanford games, which was like terrible situational awareness. Um, although mm. he did look like a very good uh, blocker, um, which helps him obviously stay on the field uh, as a rookie um, made some beautiful contested catches. And this is also like, it's worth noting, and I think uh, – I can't remember who wrote this. I think it was Dane Brugler that uh, the biggest compliment to Drake London is everyone knew the ball was going to Drake London on every snap. So if he's in a more competent NFL offense with different weapons, maybe he's not you know draped by multiple corners on every play and having to make uh, – and having to lead the NCAA in contested catches, which he did, but – um, who knows there? That's it's a hard thing to project. Um, there was a game that I did watch where he just kind of like, you know, took over the game. He caught a screen, tack, uh, broke a bunch of tackles, turned it into a ten yard gain. Had the speed uh, to just follow his blocks and uh, break tackles. Uh, running pretty routes. Had a hundred yards before the half. Um, really good at running downfield, turning around, finding the ball, and just going up to get it. Which is that classic like backyard receiver. Uh, catch point skill yeah, that, set that you that like rebound see. skill yeah, yeah, that you would yeah. See in basketball yeah. it's like when it doesn't translate it doesn't translate but when it does it's it's one of the most valuable things that you can have especially if you have a quarterback that's able to build trust with that person so he he could be you know you're uh, I mean he doesn't look or play anything like DeAndre Hopkins but in terms of like body control and going up to get mm. the the contested catch he could be your DeAndre Hopkins or he could be Nikhil Harry or uh, oh, you know a worse version of Kenny Galladay or JJ Ortega Whiteside so contested catchability is one of the sketchiest to me in terms of translation but this is a guy that when you look at the uh, mock drafts he's going in the top 10s of some mock drafts because he has that uh, athletic profile that, uh, uh, let me make sure I don't want to spoil my comp for the game here. Yeah. Okay. T Higgins is another guy that he uh, compares mm. to. Yeah. That's um, a good point. I'm a big fan of T Higgins as we have established throughout our podcast life cycle. Uh, yeah. I, I love that, that archetype of receiver that, uh, you know, he's a big guy, but he can still make those like athletic body control catches. And uh, yeah, I think T Higgins is overshadowed a lot now by Jamar chase, but I think we've seen some highlights from him that kind of prove that point. And from a, uh, you know, from a dynasty perspective, my opinion is those receivers last longer in the NFL because they're relying more on, you know, body control and uh, technique to not that all other types of receivers aren't, but that's their, you know, speed fades with age and yeah. it's not exactly something that does. So, uh, yeah, that's, that is uh, Drake London. Are you ready to move on? Yes. Dope name, by the way. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Pretty, pretty bold. Like <laughs> he better. I really hope that he gets there. All right, I'm gonna take a sip. A sip here. Uh, why don't you plug, plug social media real quick while, while I do that? 
at Fantasy Bible Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, check us out on our website at thefantasybible.com. All right. So Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. Um, all right. So uh, much less, much less baller name. I will say that he's yeah. moved down in my rankings based on. <laughs> So uh, wait till you watch the highlight reel. All right. So okay. this is, uh, you know, for, for people that are listening that uh, know some of the receivers in this class, um, just kind of a trigger warning. Uh, I'm not going to be talking about Chris Olave. So Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are kind of the dynamic duo of Ohio State wide receivers, both that could be uh, drafted in the first round. Chris Olave to me is like a, carbon copy of a 90% Devante Smith skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, he looks like someone that could be a wide receiver too in the NFL yesterday, but that that's basically his ceiling. And so I didn't want to really include him in this conversation because while he's like very capable and competent, he just, I don't think he's just strong enough i don't think he just has the nfl frame and i don't think he's quite as talented as Devonte smith in terms okay. of a technician so yeah we can move on from him but uh he's some people's wide receiver two or three so again lots of flavors in this class but garrett wilson very shifty proficient route runner can be straight up nasty after the catch probably my favorite hi- highlight reel of all of these obviously i didn't just watch highlight reels which uh is where the weaknesses get revealed but of the highlight reels he is what they call a TikTok route runner, lots of quick movement, <laughs> head fakes, herky jerky. Um, and the criticism there is that he falls over sometimes. Sometimes he's late to his routes because oh, he's so no. busy dancing around. That's um, embarrassing. That he doesn't get open. But when you watch that highlight feel and he does do it, uh, you know, he seemed to be like very nearly, uh, you know, invincible in the open field, just so shifty. Um, I also think that, you know, he's not like the most capable route runner, but I think he's basically pro ready in his route tree, a uh, very diverse route tree used all over the formation, um, uh, slot X Z short area quickness, a uh, big, big kind of knock on him is for the guy of his size. I don't know if I said that he's six feet, one ninety. Um, he's not okay. fast. He's not fast. He's, he's very quick. Um, Jalen Waddle esque in, in the short, short area of the field, but he doesn't have game breaking long speed. So I watched a lot where he'd sort of wiggle through some tackles and then, you know, get chased down in the open field. So he's more of the middle of the field, short field target than a deep vertical target, but he does occasionally get those looks and didn't seem to have any issues tracking the ball. Um, some drops on tape didn't really see him have a lot of strength as a contested catcher, but he was able to high point the ball pretty well had no issue at all getting separation i mean separation for days on garrett wilson like okay. when, when he gets up like it's just he's wide open all the time because mm-hmm. he can just get violently open out of his routes um he's a little smaller than you know your your justin jefferson's but that's how he gets open it is the same way justin jefferson gets open it's just um quickness athletic finesse um, but not necessarily speed, just a very natural playmaker. I mean, playmaker is a good word. Like when you talk about which of these guys are playmakers, um, 
Traylon Burks and Garrett Wilson are two of the first that come to mind because they, they can just do things in the open field that are NFL level talents. Um, so yeah, very, uh, very impressive receiver to watch on the tape weaknesses are that, like I said, he, he can play a little bit loose, uh, stumble on his routes occasionally. Um, a few drops on tape. I wouldn't say that consistent enough to be an issue. Um, played with a really talented team at Ohio state, but Ohio state receivers, they're usually pretty talented, um, struggled a bit towards with press coverage, but again, six foot one ninety, not exactly going to be your ex receiver. Um, that's really all I have on Garrett Wilson. Just want to really stress that the highlight tape on this guy is insane because he is that, I mean, I don't want to give away my actual comps because I have some other people to mm-hmm. compare him to, but just making people miss in the open field. I think I know who the comp is, but uh, yeah. we'll see. We'll see if I do. Cause I will be put to the test later. Yeah. So that is Garrett Wilson. Any thoughts on that uh, Garrett Wilson profile? Um, I mean, great expose. This guy sounds like a career slot receiver for a team similar to how we saw Jalen Waddle used by the dolphins last year. That's, that's what I'm gathering. At least, you know, I, of course I could be wrong just based on how I'm interpreting uh, your scouting report here, but but um, no, I think I, I've got a good picture of where I think this guy will be on the field and how he will be utilized. Yeah, I mean, I think you can move him all over the formation, he, but he's not going to live anywhere on the field. And that's what's okay. kind of nice about Garrett Wilson. I mean, he can make plays out of the slot, out of the Z. He can make scripted plays work, you know, with, uh, you know, jet sweeps and touches out of the backfield. Um, but the exposition is going to be a problem, but he can still get it done, um, you know, in a four verts look or something like that. Um, okay. So the last guy we're going to talk about here, and I have a, the fewest amount of notes on him is Jahan Dotson. Um, Jahan Dotson is your true slot receiver. Um, but so why I'm higher on just Jahan Dotson is than a lot of people is I thought he looked played a lot like a, like a, thinner, slightly longer Tyree kill. Like I thought he just had a ton of juice, even though Mm -hmm. like he's a true slot receiver, but he could also get open downfield. Um, Really tough contested catcher plays way bigger than his frame. I I don't even think I said like he's 5'11", 185. Um, So not, not the biggest guy Um, could be your, your dime a dozen fast capable slot receiver that, you know, doesn't really elevate uh, Emmanuel Sanders is another comp. That's very popular. Um, to me, it's, he's almost a dime a dozen clone to what people said, uh, were saying about, or what I said about Chris Olave and what people are saying in general about Chris Olave. Um, but I think he's faster. I think he has more juice, um, really good route runner, really good at tempo his routes. He has that, like that Jamison Williams speed adjustment where he can keep the defenders off balance, um, good versus press, despite his size. I think I already said that he was a good contested catcher, but he can get off press. He's, he's just strong. Like he plays so much stronger than he looks. Um, very good hands, incredible hands does not drop the ball, never drops the ball. Um, so really size and build is the only restriction to me on Jahan Dotson. Um, so yeah, uh, very polished, um, might have a low ceiling because of his build, but in PPR, Jahan Dotson could be someone that just steps in and uh, and dominates. Um, let me see. I don't want to spoil. I have one other comp for him. Okay. Uh, Deontay Johnson is another really popular comp for him. Um, okay. uh, Deontay Johnson with hands. 
an important distinction. That guy has unfortunately been, you know, victim of a media cycle where we claim that he drops a lot of balls and he has been benched for it. So it's not without merit, but yes, a uh, good distinction to say that he has better hands than Deontay Johnson, who, by the way, I do enjoy Deontay Johnson as a fantasy uh, wide receiver. So yeah, I mean, if you get John Dotson and he ends up being Deontay Johnson, like that's, that's going to be great. And John Dotson is someone that's going to be going and depending on where he gets drafted, I would say the late second to early third of rookie drafts. So you don't really need to invest a lot to have a, uh, to me, a very talented wide receiver on your team. So that is, those are my top five, not in that order. Dane, based on that sort of uh, rundown, how, how would you rank these guys? All right. So immediately my, like, you know, my gut feeling based on what we've seen this past season from the NFL, uh, I was kind of paying attention about Traylon Burks and his ability to be used as a runner, as the guy that we've seen Debo Samuel used uh, in the San Francisco 49ers offense, Uh, whether a team who drafts him will use him that way, you know, is of course a big variable. Um, But having that extra gear to make people miss, you know, these, these tacklers on defense are very experienced and they know the angles to take on a certain player based on the way he's running the direction, you know, where the out of bounds line is all that. But if that guy is deceivingly fast and we've seen it from guys like Debo Samuel, he's one of them or Tyree kill where they can, you know, they can get the edge and you, you have a good angle on them. You have a fair chance to tackle them and you normally would, but you know, that's the kind of game breaking ability that appeals to me as like, uh, you know, I want to see big plays. I want to see the highlight reel stuff and, Debo Samuel was amazing to watch this year. So immediately that's where my mind is going. So I would put Traylon Burks as like the top asset because if he's in the right creative offense, who's giving him the ball in space, oh man, he could just be, he could be a thousand yard receiver and a 300 yard rusher at the same time. Like that's, that's amazing for fantasy. I think that is very well said Uh, for where we are in the season. Traylon Burks is my number two wide receiver so i'll reveal these as we go and the reason he is not number one is solely because of the lack of refinement you know um a lot of times these guys work out the dk metcalfs the aj browns they go in the second round and uh they they really become stars on their team and there's a good chance that traylon burks does that but there's as many failures as there are successes so that's the only reason He's not a number one because, yes, like you said, from a playmaking profile, from athletic profile, from a usage in the way that the NFL is trending um, by just getting dynamic athletes, the ball in space, Traylon Burks figures to be a top dynasty asset no matter where he ends up, and especially if he ends up on a team with a uh, playmaker. We'll probably talk about team fits for these guys at a later point like where but i don't really have that yet but that'll be interesting to talk about as well as like which teams could get the most out of these guys yeah that that will be a great conversation leading into the nfl draft i'm looking forward to that um and then the guy i think it was garrett wilson you're mentioning uh, about the twitchy uh like hyper movements to break away from the defensive backs is he the one you were saying that about Mm -hmm. okay yeah that to me is another one of those things that we've seen from uh, who I think is your comp, Kadarius Tony? what we saw from limited play. And even if it's not, that's fine. We'll get to me guessing your comps later. But uh, when you were describing him, I was imagining Kadarius Tony, who we've seen in limited capacity on the Giants last year. But when he was on the field, I mean, he had a 180-yard game. He's, it's like, it's like, I don't know how he's moving so much faster than everyone else, but he is. And it's like, 
it's a highlight reel every time he has the ball in his hands. And that to me is what I want in fantasy football. I want that, that next level game breaking ability. And, you know, he could catch a three yard pass, but he could make four people miss and take it to the house. Like that's what I want to see. And I want to chase upside and in rookie drafts for dynasty, especially. So uh, to me, he stands out from the crowd there. So we are, we are very well aligned. He is my number three. Um, so okay. he, he's almost right there. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the biggest knocks on him are obviously some of the, the sloppy play um, and yeah, the, the yeah, lack falling of, down is bad. <laughs> yeah. And, and then the lack of game breaking speed. He's like, when you see him in comparison to like, all right. So uh, a big point that was made that, that kind of shook me and actually had me like, was one of the things that, he was originally my number two, and then I dropped into number three. Chris Olave, I believe, had 12 receiving touchdowns on the season. Um, the guy that's not in my top five, and Wilson had five. And they're like, because when it just comes to refinement and getting open in the red zone, like Olave was that guy. And so, like, when it talks about like NFL readiness, that's why, you know, I, I had to knock him a little bit. But in terms of, like you said, just like, yeah, like he, he's got, he's twitched up. Like he's a twitched up mm-hmm. dude. And that's what it's we exciting. Want to, yeah, it gets it's you ex- going. It builds a fan base. It builds the cult following. It raises their draft capital entering draft season, that kind of stuff. It gets you excited about football. That's what I want. And your ranking right now is like probably the consensus in the dynasty community, because these are the two, probably the most exciting guys from a, uh, just like, you know, playmaking standpoint. So very mm-hmm. nice. All right. Who's your, uh, who's your number three based on these profiles? Um, for redraft, it wouldn't be this guy because we talked about his ACL injury, but Jamison Williams, it sounds like he's got all the things you would ever want from a wide receiver as far as like, um, I, I do know a little bit about his background. I only listened to one thing about him and how you said, uh, he was kind of behind in the depth chart, I believe at Ohio state. Right. Correct. And then, uh, he was known for like his big play explosive ability, kind of like, you know, like a DK Metcalf on a go route, something like that, if you could imagine that. And he had a massive yards per reception, but on a very small target basis. And then he transferred to Alabama, right? And then you would expect that to go down the more volume he gets. And I think he saw something like 80 targets or 80 receptions, one of those. And, and it, went went up. Up. it went up. Yeah, I think Which yeah, is, they were talking about uh, it on the Ringer show. And I was just like... Yeah, that's the one to listen to. Yeah, yeah. So to me it's a small sample size, right? Cause you've only got one year of that level of production and it's a little bit risky to say that that can be extrapolated across an entire NFL season. And that's what it's going to look like in the NFL and all that. But um, if his ACL was not, you know, a problem in this draft cycle, I think you said it fairly, he could be a top 10 pick. He could be the first wide receiver off the board. So I think you do have to take that into very important consideration, especially for dynasty. It'll be hard to hold him on your bench and redraft to me. I don't want to draft a rookie wide receiver who might not play for six weeks. Like if I start one in five, like that's useless to me. If I, you know, if I get lucky and I'm already in the playoff hunt at that week, six mark where he's entering the NFL, I still don't even know if I can rely on this guy going to playoff. So to me, I don't want him in redraft if you have the luxury to hold them on your bench and you have a very healthy roster, that's fine, but um, it's going to be very dicey. So don't hear what I'm not saying, you know, like be, be wary uh, of drafting him and redraft, but his career in the NFL could be very bright based on what we've seen him do. Like he could be that game breaking guy. 
Yeah, I mean, those are excellent points for fantasy. And I sort of did my ranking determined on not so much fantasy, but that NFL mm-hmm. arc. And he is my number one uh, wide receiver because I figured, yeah. he flies. I mean, you turn it on the, the tape and he like, he flies. Like he's open all the time because he's just flying past people. And I feel like, and he's not, um, what's his face? Miko Hardman, where that's like all he can do, you know, is is mm-hmm. you put it any like go in one straight line and fly. He's a lot more diverse of a route runner and a playmaker than that. And I, I like I like I think he's only twenty as well. So yes, he. Oh, yeah. It's like it's not like he's Kenny Pickett, where it took him you know until his senior year to break out. Like yes, he did have that late breakout because of those two sort of floundering years at Ohio State, but. When he broke out, he was still young and he broke out huge. Um, so yeah, he just to me got that like that speed that we haven't really seen in an NFL draft. I mean, Henry Ruggs is probably the last time we saw that speed, but he's more refined than Henry Ruggs. So he's the most refined player I've seen in a while that has that possibly four to just flying down the field speed. So he he is my number one because when it comes to shades of receiver that you prefer the guy that looks like you know looks like he's moving at just like you know hyperspeed on the tape to me is always kind of my favorite to watch it it is and that goes back to that deshaun jackson where it's like yeah you know he may catch three passes a game but they're all 50 yard bombs you know so Mm -hmm. it's uh he's my number one but um i think he's you know Lots of concerns, as you said, for redraft uh, there with that that ACL tear. Right, who is your uh, who's your number four? I, my guess is we have the the same final two here. I think so. It's Drake London. I mean, the name alone boosted him <laughs> above uh, Dotson that you mentioned earlier. But uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like he's a guy you can count on if nobody's open. Um, but that kind of requires a quarterback to have the trust, like you were saying. So it's going to be a big point of emphasis wherever he goes, what, what offense he lands in, because you don't want like a Teddy Bridgewater throwing him the football. Who's kind of risk averse, you know, you don't want someone like that. You want more of like a, you know, to use the same team, like a Drew Locke, who's somebody Mm -hmm. that would throw the ball up in contested coverage and just expect that he's going to get it more times than not. So um, that's really my only worry for someone like Drake London. I, you know, I hope he lands on the Patriots because <laughs> I think we could use another wide receiver, but um, I don't know if he'll get that far. It seems like he's uh, going to be one of the f- first three or four wide receivers drafted. So I, I would put him four for myself. Yeah. Like it's like Burks has, I think London will probably go first because London is an NFL classic, you know? Okay. Like he would be relevant in, you know, nineteen almost any offense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or any decade. Like that's he's a thinking, prototypical yeah. NFL X receiver. Um, a little skinnier, a little bit skinnier, not too much skinnier, but, um, yeah. would you be excited if the Eagles drafted him and he would be like the X and, uh, Smith could be the Y something like that. I wouldn't be like as excited as if they got Burks because like, that's a fair point. That's, yeah. that's to me. That's, he's a much different archetype. Yeah. 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 But in terms of like, yeah, like, do you want to, you know, construct your NFL wide receiver room like a basketball team and have all these different body types? <laughs> yeah. Um, which is a philosophy that I kind of like. Like, you know, if the Eagles drafted Garrett Wilson um, or even Jameson Williams, it'd be a little like, okay, cool, we've we've got this, but we still don't have like the physicality 
of mm-hmm. you know at the receiver actually, position. Yeah. yeah, Dallas Goddard is that, and I was going to say that's really it. Um, so I would be honestly thrilled if they got Drake London because um, the that build and that body type is harder to find the further you go down. Mm-hmm. You know the draft board. There's Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati, um, similar similar build body type. Uh, George Pickens out of Georgia, similar build body type. They figured to go in the second round, but uh, London is leagues ahead of them. So I would be pretty excited. Um, yeah. Okay, so that's fair. And then yeah, the last one on the board here is uh, Dodson. Dodson or Dodson? Let me try. Dodson. Dot son. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, he seems like he could be limited in his career arc based on uh, his profinity for the short area game, which does not always translate. Uh, you know, I'm speaking from a fantasy football mindset right now. So that does not always develop into the highest scoring, you know, part of your receiving core. If you're building a fantasy roster, I'm thinking someone like Tyler Boyd, like I'm imagining a career arc like that, where he's a reliable guy. He might see six or seven targets, in a game and it could just get you four points in fantasy. So uh, it's great for an NFL offense and it will be valued highly because that is very important, uh, you know, to have a guy open at 1.5 seconds after the snap uh, as your first read potentially on a lot of routes. So I think he will be successful based on if he hits and his, uh, his profile here. But uh, to me, he's not standing out among the crowd as a top fantasy asset that I'm looking at. Yeah, I think um sorry, I, I briefly lost my train of thought. Oh, okay. So when we get to the comps, like I have him comp basically at his ceiling. And it's a nice ceiling, you know, if you, <laughs> if you if you can get him there. But the ceiling basically describes exactly what you said, where he is he is limited by his body type. Um, all right. You ready to, you ready to get a little guess the comp in here? Let's do it. All right. So the five comps for you are Corderell Patterson with a clearer destiny. The love child of CeeDee Lamb and Kadarius Tony. Tori Smith on an antelope. Weight Watchers Mike Evans. And Tyler Lockett with an extra gear. <laughs> okay. 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 So Tyler Lockett with an extra gear is Jahan Dotson. Correct. Okay. Um, Oh man, these are great. <laughs> Repeat the other four one more time. <laughs> uh, Corderell Patterson with a clearer destiny. Trailer uh, Correct. Yeah. Okay. 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 Uh, I like the Corderell Patterson comp because I like that it's a great example of someone. They almost have identical builds. They were equally like unrefined. And, uh, you know, now people know how to use Burke. So if they use him, like, I think he'll get a lot of those kind of running back snaps, although uh, probably a more gifted receiver than Patterson. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then the other three, one more time. Uh, Weight Watchers, Mike Evans, the love child of CeeDee Lamb and Kadarius Tony, and Tori Smith on an antelope. <laughs> that antelope is throwing me for a loop right now. Um uh, Love Child and Mike Evans, it seems like probably Drake London. Uh, or sorry, uh, yeah, you said yeah. Weight, Watchers, Weight Watchers, Mike, Mike Evans. Evans. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. crossed the streams there, yeah. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's your Mike Evans type yeah. to a T. He's just skinnier. Yeah, so that that's kind of exciting as far as like a touchdown standpoint goes because when I think of Mike Evans, I think we're at the one-yard line. We're going to pass the ball to Mike Evans. Like that, that's exciting for fantasy too. So that's a reason he's my third receiver here. So. Yeah. I mean, he could be your 100 catch, 
1200 yard 10 touchdown receiver easily in his second year probably how about uh seven years with a thousand yards or more i would like that from uh, yeah my, I'll, from I'll a take that too. mike evans is one of my favorite players for like that fact alone like just it's such it's, a flex yeah amazing yeah. hopefully he hits it again who knows what that quarterback situation will be in tampa bay we'll talk about that a lot in the off season. And then, well, the thing so, about Blaine Gabbard is he's always played with bad teams. So people don't really know how good Blaine Gabbard can be, man. I heard that. That sounds like something <laughs> Sam Darnold uh, truthers would talk about. You know, it's like we, <laughs> yeah. we saw that experiment. I, I don't want any part of that. Um, so then we have Garrett Wilson left on the board and Jameson Williams. So what are the two remaining comps for those guys? Uh, Tori Smith on an antelope and the love child of CD lamb and Kadarius Tony. Okay. Um, so yeah, Garrett Wilson is the love child of CeeDee Lamb and Kadarius Tony. Yes. Because I, I did predict that Kadarius Tony could be your comp because I know you and I are both huge fans of Kadarius Tony. Well, and so the difference between Wilson and Tony is Wilson is not fast. And Tony is incredibly okay. fast and Tony is thicker as well. But like in the short area of the field, you know, the sh- those shifty tackle breaking plays, he looks like Tony. And then in the intermediate to long area of the field, he looks like CD Lamb, a slower but easy to get open or, or easy separation across the middle of the field okay. type of receiver. And so that's kind of that convergence right there. Okay. That does excite me. I'm a big fan of CD Lamb as well and his future in the NFL. So uh, I might be trading up in our dynasty draft to hopefully get Garrett Wilson. We'll see. <laughs> Garrett Wilson says like, I mean, I'm interested to see, like, you don't even have to die, deep dive. You could just watch the highlights for each of these guys. I'm interested to see if you agree. Cause Wilson for me was the most fun in terms Love. of like, Whoa. Yeah. 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 That, that's, that's what Tony got me with. Yeah. It's like, like that 10 tackle breaking doing... Tony thing. Yeah. 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 It's like you ran 80 yards and, broke four tackles and got a 30 yard gain, but like every second of it, I loved it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that would leave, uh, Jameson Williams as Tory Smith on an, antelope. on an antelope. Yeah. <laughs> Antelopes, they're just a little faster. They have a longer stride. So he's kind of mm-hmm. like a Tory Smith type, but even kind of like, I think longer and faster. Okay. Gotcha. Tory, Tory yeah. Smith, uh, you know, just a, a fantastic deep threat. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I do hope Jameson Williams gets healthy because it seems like he could be a great asset to the NFL. And, you know, just a side note, as far as discussing this uh, draft class, kind of from a zoomed out wider scope, it is general consensus from what I've heard. I'm sure you can expand upon this idea, but that this is not like the most top heavy receiver class. It's not like, like, don't expect a Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson rookie season for most of these guys is what I'm gathering from what I'm hearing. So um, when we make these comps, you know, don't think like, oh, they compared this guy to CeeDee Lamb and, uh, you know, like don't expect that level of production right away because we've been spoiled by the rookie receiver class for the last two years. So this is similar to rookie quarterbacks. I'm sure we'll talk about that again. Right. Would you so, agree with that? Yeah. And something that's like important to say about comps and uh, I was proud to get Tory Smith in here as like a lesser known player, but the comps are always almost like well-known players because I don't know, yeah. you know, yeah. the, the, the guy that played like Garrett Wilson that didn't make it because like, I, you know, I know that the best players, so they're only, it's like, here's the play style if they make it at their best is kind of what yeah. we're, what we're saying here. I'm not saying that, you know, Drake London is going to come in and have a Mike Evans rookie mm-hmm. season. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, that's good to say. Although um, for me, 
I like this receiver class as a whole better than last year's. Like I think Interesting. it's not as top heavy. You're like Devonte Smith. Obviously, I love him. One of my favorite prospects I've like ever I've ever seen. Um, and then you know Pitts, Chase, obviously absurdities there, um, and Waddle too. Um, but in terms of like d- deepness, I mean, I don't know. Last year, I think it's on par because when you get into David Bell out of Purdue and George Pickens out of Georgia, and there's just like so many names. And then there's even uh, there's guys like Jalen Tolbert is a name I've heard a lot out of South Alabama, and Wandale Robinson. I can't even remember where he goes to school. But these smaller school guys that are that have like really great profiles. Like I think it's a deeper, slightly deeper class than last year. Um, and more, more interesting flavors. Cause last year it was like, once you get out of the first round, it was all small, fast guys. And you mm-hmm. have a little bit more variety. like Rondale Moore who did not yeah. so much. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Elijah Moore, who's, it was good, but you know, has a, has a certain, uh, role in the NFL. Um, yeah. What running back when we do this for running back, it's going to be a lot more interesting i think um i think so too because i only know one running back named Brees hall so i i'm super curious because i'll learn a lot more i think from from that episode myself when we do it and uh to me running back is one of the easier positions uh, as far as like rookie performance goes entering the nfl like if they land in the right spot like we saw with uh Najee harris in uh pittsburgh you know like if they land in the right spot and they just have a dire need for running back it translates to instant success. And if they have a great profile, it could translate into a Saquon Barkley type rookie season, you know? So that is very exciting for fantasy football, especially because they're so hard to find. Exactly. What we'll be talking about with running back is like, can these guys catch the ball and can they pass protect? Because that's what they're going to need to stay on the field as rookies. And then Mm -hmm. as Dan said, do they go to the right teams and running back is interesting this year because, uh, there's guys like James Cook. Uh, we won't get too deep into this, but James Cook is Dalvin Cook's little brother. And oh, like that's awesome. And he's predicted to be like a fifth or sixth rounder, but he could come in and be like instantly a top pass catching option because that's you know his style. So it's a it's an interesting class as well. Um but yeah, we will uh get into that not next episode. I don't know what we'll do next episode, but uh, I was gonna ask you, what are we doing next episode? <laughs> yeah, I don't think I can get all the running backs scouted sure. in a so week yeah let's save that yeah. so we'll maybe save we could that. do like a like a quarterback prediction as far as like destination of free agent quarterbacks and stuff like that maybe maybe something like that with another segment maybe yeah what if we did uh the we combined free agent quarterbacks and uh draft quarterbacks because it's yeah. not like that impressive yeah, yeah, yeah. of a draft class so we don't have to yeah. spend a ton of time um on that and we can just kind of review like what their situations are, where they could be going, just kind of a general preview there. Yeah. That'll be uh, that'll be good. All right, you're seeing the sausage getting made. And then that'll be great as well because the NFL Combine will probably have passed. I think it starts on uh, March 1st. Um, so we'll have a little bit more data on these prospects and, uh, you know, how these running backs performed in passing drills, uh, you know, in a future episode. So, uh, yeah, at Fantasy Bible Pod, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, www.thefantasybible.com. Uh, feel free to contact us with any 
off-season questions. It's the real doldrums of the season. So, uh, you know. Any sponsorship offers, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah. What is, why does this say there are some things money can't buy for everything else there's MasterCard? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have any way to describe the segment because I wasn't entirely sure how you constructed it. Uh, so I, I was like, what's some random stuff that'll just make him you know, very, very unsure of what's going on. <laughs> I didn't even like really process it until, until right now. I was like, oh yeah, wait, what? Um, but yeah. Not a sponsor, by the way. Priceless. Yeah. I think that like was also podcast. Them. Yep. All right. Scrib it. <laughs> Scrib it. Frog Boys mixtape coming soon. Uh, thanks for listening.